Hey everybody, and welcome to the FBC Livingston Podcast. After this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. When God calls you to something, and you can't see Him, is it harder? When God gives you a burden, when He gives you a a blessing, a burden, I think a blessing and a burden can be the same thing at times. But when you're burdened with a calling from the Father, and He tells you to fall backwards, sometimes it's hard to do it, isn't it? This morning I want to talk about those of you who are created by God to do something specific, significant, something meaningful, something eternal, something that matters. See, many of you, you you may have a sense that something big, that something unique, that something special is is on your horizon, but you don't know exactly what it is. You know, and I'm speaking to a lot of different ages in this room right now, and, and, and in each age range, it could be something totally different. But something I do know is that if you know Christ, and you are still living, and you are still breathing, at least I hope everyone in this room is living and breathing, if you are still living and you are still breathing, the Father is still calling. You believe that? That the Father is still calling, so what is your unique calling? What is it? I want to share with you a verse that I pray will land in your spirit. I pray that this will build your faith and that you are uniquely, and you will realize that you are uniquely created for God, for His glory. Again, Ephesians 4, 1, it says this, it says, therefore I, Paul, this is the verse that I read to you earlier, it says, the prisoner of the Lord, he urges you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. All right, Paul is pleading with you. Now, I know he's talking to the people in Ephesus right here, but Paul is pleading with you. He is urging you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that the Father has called every single one of us. I'm not much on titles. And by the way, if if you're a note taker, the notes are actually in in the bulletin, uh, in case you haven't looked in the bulletin. But the title of this is, Am I Being Called of God? So what I'd like to do, I, to start out with, I want to reclaim the word calling. Because I think sometimes we have really overused it. You know, I think we've used it in some ways that it's not correct. So, so to get back even to the sacred language of what a calling is, there is a, there's a root Greek word It's probably one of the most important words to us in the New Testament. And that word is kaleo. It's a root word of 16 other very important words in the New Testament. And it simply means this. It simply means to call. 
Now, in your notes, I put a few other Greek words there because I know most people don't really care about Greek, but I, want, I just want you to see this picturesque language here. There's just a few other things. There's another one that's called klesis. Klesis, it means calling. Kletos means called. Paraclete means comforter. Parakletos means advocate or intercessor. And then there's this word. And if you pay attention, you see this word about three times in the main drag of Livingston. Just pay attention and you'll see it. It's the word ecclesia. What does that mean? It means an assembly of believers. It means the church. Here's the part of the definition that I want us to capitalize on this morning. It means the called ones. See, if that's the definition of a church, then maybe something that 2020 has taught us is that we don't have to come to a building to worship Christ. You know, I think maybe 2020 has brought some really good things. That it taught us that you don't have to come here to worship Christ. Because if this is, if this is the definition of a church, that we are the called out ones, that we are called now, now, I said this a while ago, but when you think about this, if you own this, if you recognize that you have been genuinely set apart by God, that you've been chosen by God, that you've been gifted by God and called by Him to make a difference, that puts a little bit of weight on it. Are you with me? That puts a little bit of weight on when I read that verse from Paul, that he's urging us to live worthy, the calling that's put on every one of our lives. See, that's heavy. That is heavy for us. As human beings, that is heavy for, for Paul to say, look, you live your life worthy of the high calling that the Father has called your life. See, it's heavy because if you're called by God, <laughs> then you might wonder, what if I missed my calling? What if I missed my, what if I majored in the wrong thing in college? What if I got stopped by this red light and the train kept me too long and it changed my life for the bad? What if I missed my calling? What is it specifically that I'm called by God to do? What am I called to do? Well, I want you to embrace this truth. Calling, a calling from God, number one is this, is about who you are before what you do. Um, in case you're wondering what that means, I'm going to explain it. When God calls you, he's calling you to a who before the do. Now, I just really royally confused everybody now. It is so much more important about who you are as a person than it is what you do. Look at the word, 2 Timothy 1.9, it's going to be on the screens, it says this. This is again Paul speaking, it says, who saved us and called us. Now, now hold on just a second, let, let, let me tell you what he didn't say. A lot of the times we can learn from things what he did not say. Okay, Paul did not say that God saved you and called you to be a missionary to Africa. Now, he might could, I'm not saying that he doesn't. But that's not what Paul said. He didn't say that you're called to be a second grade teacher. 
I'm just telling you what Paul said. Paul didn't say that you're going to be a professional gamer. How, how awesome would that be to get paid to play video games? But he didn't say those things. He didn't call you to be a second grade teacher. He didn't call you to do these things. But Paul says this. He says you're called to a task or a job. And then watch, watch what he said. Who saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Okay, so it's, a, it's who we are before what we're supposed to be doing. I'm going to explain that further. God called you to live a holy life. Okay, can we just, can we, let's, let's make the slate clean here for just a second. Can we, can we do that? Every single one of us. If you proclaim to know Abba Father, if you proclaim to know Jesus and that he lives inside of you, okay, every one of you are called to live a holy life. Every one of us. That's not just for the preacher. That's not just for the student pastor. That's for every single one of us that we are called to live a holy life. So when someone's asking me, am I called to do this? Usually my first question is, how is your, how's your life? Let's not talk about what you're going to be doing until we find out what your life is like. You're called to be holy. You're called to be set apart. That means to be different. In other words, as you follow Jesus, you don't look like the world, you don't act like the world, you don't think like the world, you're not driven by things of this world, but you are called by Jesus, and and the Holy Spirit has been infused inside of you when you ask Christ to come into your life. But watch this, when you look at Scripture, now stick with me, when you look at Scripture, it's interesting to me that the Bible never talks about calling for a career. The Bible talks about your calling to become like Jesus. So, when you recognize that you are called by God, I think a better question to start out with, instead of, what am I called to do, a better question is this, who am I called to become? Well, I got to think about it, what, who am I called what am I called to do? Me personally, not, not you. What, what am I called? Well, I, I'm called to be the pastor of this church. I very much believe that with everything inside of me. And I'm called to be the pastor of this church for however long he, he's going to keep me here, my family here. But we are called to be the pastor and family of this church. Well, I'm also called to be a godly husband. I'm, I'm called to love my wife above myself. I'm also called to be a father that's going to teach my children about Christ. But I'm still the same person, and yet I've got different expressions of my calling. So what I hope you'll recognize in your own life is that who you are, who you are as a person, are you set apart, are you trying to be holy, who you are, listen to me please, Who you are is way, way, way more important to God than just focusing on what you're supposed to do with your calling. You with me? It is so much more important to the Father. In other words, if if I'm called to be the pastor here and I'm not living a holy life, well, then I am not fulfilling my calling, right? 
if, if I'm not loving my wife, and yet I'm successful in some other avenue, then I am not fulfilling my calling because there's a lack of integrity somewhere. I could be a good preacher and I could work really, really hard and I could preach messages that maybe you like and maybe even change your life. But if I'm neglecting my family, I am not fulfilling my calling. See, you can see a charismatic leader of church or business or whatever. We see them all the time. You can see a charismatic leader, but a one that doesn't keep his word and doesn't have integrity well, then that person is not fulfilling his or her calling. Here's the second point. A calling is not about something you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Think about it. A calling is not about something important you do in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. The Apostle Paul says something, something really, really awesome that ministers to me in Colossians 3.17. Many of you probably can quote that verse. But it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. See, calling isn't just, it isn't just about something, a specific, unique thing that you do. A calling, it starts with who you are and are you holy? Are you set apart from God do you do it for the Father? I want to show you an example in Scripture. Because without Scripture, this is nothing. Okay, let me show you just two. And this can be powerful, but it can also be a little bit entertaining. Because, you know, Scripture can be entertaining at times. I want to show you two, two stories. One in Mark chapter 10 and then one in Mark chapter 11. In Mark chapter 10, there's two brothers. You don't have to go there. Just, just, just listen. There'll be some Scripture there in just a second. But in Mark chapter 10, there are two brothers. James and John. And they're going to ask Jesus for a little favor. And essentially what they're asking Jesus is, is when you get to heaven and you're on your throne and you're reigning in heaven, let one of us sit on the left and one of us sit on the right. We want to be important, Jesus. <laughs> and see, now, I'm not trying to take this out of context. I'm just trying to put my mind into a disciple's mind, and I know that that can be dangerous sometimes. I think they're thinking we want to be important. And Jesus looks on and, and he gives them a little bit message and he says, he says, hey, you want to be a leader? You want to be important? What does he say? Be a servant. And, and he says if you really want to be important, if, if you really want that, then, then what do you do the first thing? He says, well, the first thing you do is you actually are last. It's almost as if Jesus is saying this. Your calling is not about visibility. You with me? Your calling from the Father should not ever be about you being visible. About saying, look at what I can do. See, because I think that's what James and John, that's what they were doing. See, it's not just about where you're positioned. Okay, so that's Mark 10. Mark 11, Jesus and his disciples, they were approaching Jerusalem for the famous time. They were approaching Jerusalem for the triumphant entry. I mean, can you imagine? People all around, and the disciples are walking in with Jesus, and I would imagine they're a little bit beside themselves because you know what it's like 
You know what it's like to walk into a room with somebody who really is important? Y'all ever done that before? Y'all with me? Am I speaking English? I'm just making sure. You ever walked into a room and the guy next to you is like really important? I have a, one of my best friends in Athens, Tennessee. He's a, uh, one of the head detectives from Men County Sheriff's Office. I got really, really close to him in my time in Athens. And I asked him, you know, what he felt like when he was guarding uh, President Bush when he came to Athens, Tennessee. And he told me, he said, it was just almost like he was walking on clouds. And because he walked in, you know, and everybody's staring at the president, but there's Jared there as well. And he, he's, he's, he's there, and he's walking in, and it's almost like he has some of the same kind of... Uh, swagger maybe that the president does as he walks into a room <laughs> he did tell me later on that he would have rather he, he he also got to be the bodyguard of peyton manning he said he liked peyton manning better than president bush but anyway that doesn't make any difference <laughs> you know what it's like to walk into a room with somebody important that's what the disciples are doing they're walking in to this triumphant entry and this is a big moment. Look at Mark 11, verse 1. It says this. And as they approached Jerusalem, at Bethage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. Now, now hold on just a second. What's interesting to me is that Mark doesn't tell us who it is. Now, I know this is dangerous, but if I were Jesus, I know exactly who it would be. It'd be James and John. Because they're, they're the ones asking to sit on my left and right. And now, please, I'm not trying to take things out of context. I'm just sort of, my, my mind wanders when I read Scripture. Does that happen to you? When I, when I read Scripture, I think, oh, man, I wonder if this happened. I wonder if this happened. I wonder if this happened. So I'm not saying this is truth. Please don't misunderstand me at all. I'm not doing that at all. But I, I just imagine that, uh, you know, that Jesus, maybe he chose James and John because of what they had just asked him in the chapter before. And watch this in verse 2. This is what he's asking them to do. And he said to them, go into the village opposite you. And immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone says to you, what, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it back here. Now, again, this is prophetic. This is all kinds of things wrapped into one, so please don't think I'm being irreverent with this, but just, just, just play with me just for a second. I wonder if those two disciples, they're coming into this triumphant entry and they're walking with Jesus and they're feeling important, and Jesus picks two of them to go find a donkey. See, in my mind, they're thinking, Jesus, I thought this was going to be something I was going to be important with. And you're putting me on donkey duty? Are you kidding me? You're putting me on donkey duty? When we're coming into this gate here, we're coming into the triumphant entry, the palm branches are waving and all of these different things, and you put us in charge of going to find the donkey? There was a time, very ashamedly that I, I admit this to you, there was a time in my ministry that my my head began to get a little bit big. As my mama says it, I got too big for my britches. That's why my mama says it. But there was a time 
that ministry was going smoothly. People were coming to know Christ. People were being baptized. We were growing. We were growing. I mean, things were just going exactly the way that we had planned. And sometimes as a human being, that goes to your head. Well, it came time for the Easter, dra Easter drama of our church, and my senior pastor called me into his office, and he said, I've got something you, I want you to do with the Easter drama, and I thought, oh, it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, this is going to be important. I'm probably going to speak. I'm going to do something. You remember what he asked me to do? I walked into his office, and he said, uh, Jason, i got a job for you. I said, all right, what's that, Pastor Ken? I'll do whatever it is that you're asking me to do, because I'm thinking it's going to be big. He handed me a bucket, he handed me some gloves, and he handed me a shovel. And he said, you are to walk after the donkey as it comes down the aisle in the sanctuary. And when the donkey accidentally uses the restroom on the carpet, you are to clean it up. That was my job. You talk about deflated. That was my job. You remember that? And you remember that I had to clean it up often. That was my job. See, I think these disciples are, are maybe feeling like they're on donkey duty. See, I was feeling that very, very much that I was on donkey duty. Here, here's my point, because I know you're hoping that I get to the point. Here's the point. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. Somebody here needs to hear that. The size of your assignment, whether you're on donkey duty or whatever it may be, the size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. See, the very thing that God might be calling you to do, enabling you to do, inviting you to do, it may not feel important in the moment. But it could be more significant than you could ever imagine. See, I'm thinking about a shepherd boy in the Old Testament that said, I believe that small rock can take care of a big problem. See, I'm thinking about that shepherd boy, and I, and I, that, that boy in, in, the, in the New Testament that had a Lunchable, and he brought it to Jesus, and he turned the fish and the bread into feeding 5,000 men, and then women and children after that. See, I'm thinking about those little things, see... <clears throat> You are set apart by God. You are chosen by God. You are called by God. And whatever you do, even if it's donkey duty, whatever you do, you do it with faithfulness. You do it with passion. You do it with integrity because of who you are. You want to find your calling? What am I created to do? Well, you start with looking at who you are. Be faithful to Jesus today. And then when you're faithful, when you serve with integrity, 
when you love and when you, when you give generously and when you die to yourself, when there's less of you and there's more of Him, when it's more about His name than it is your name, when it's more about status, when it's more about visible importance, but it becomes all of, of, <clears throat> of, about the one who gave His life for you. Listen, listen to me, please. When you get to that point, when you're looking at who you are, and you're living a life that you're striving to be holy, that you're striving to be Christ-like, listen to me, please. You no longer will have to look for your calling because your calling will find you. When you know who you are and you're doing what Scripture says, when Paul is urging you to live a life that is worthy of your calling. See, when we get to that point, and, and here's another one, when the church, when First Baptist Livingston gets to that point, we're not there. If I'm honest, we're not there. But when we get to the point where we say we're not speaking about who we are, we're not looking at, at, at things that we can promote with our church, when we get to the point to say, everything is about you, Jesus, we no longer will have to look for a vision. See, I really thought somebody would get excited about that. We will, ne we will no longer have to look for what we're supposed to be doing because it will show us see because that's following christ that's following jesus and yes i'm called to be the shepherd of this church but i'm called to be the shepherd of this church underneath the shepherd of jesus so what am i called to do it starts with who you are Who am I? I'm a child of God who has been redeemed and forgiven by Jesus more times than I can count. I'm called to shepherd this church. I'm called to lay down my life. I'm called to lay down my life for the most beautiful girl in this room. And that's my wife, by the way. I'm called to be a daddy that teaches my children about Jesus. See, but there's a big part of me, if I'm honest with you this morning. And I don't know if it's just because I'm human. But there's a big part of me that if I confess to you this morning, see, there's a huge part of me that wants to be important. If I'm just being honest, there's a huge part of me that just wants to be important. It's a huge part of me that wants to see this church grow and be important and do good things for Christ. There's a lot of inside of me that wants to be important. But when I stand before Jesus, he's not going to say, well done, my good and important servant. He's not going to say that. But when we stand before Christ and when I stand before Jesus, I want him to be able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not important. So I have to take that out of my mind because me being important doesn't matter.
Because our lives are to reflect the Father. And everything that we do has to reflect Jesus. Everything. See, this is not a game. Church is not a game. It's not something we can just sort of check out a sermon every now and then and, and, and do, do good and all that sort of stuff. See, my friends and my family, you are called to reflect the glory of Jesus in everything that you do. In every conversation, in every business deal, everything. We, listen, see, this is heavy. We are called to reflect the glory of Jesus in our lives. See, that comes with being set apart. That comes with being different because of Jesus. And it's nothing to do with how important I am. It's nothing to do with how important you are. It's nothing to do with even how important our church is in this community. Everything we do reflects the glory of our Father. <laughs> Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. So it's more about who you are than it is a career your job, even what school you choose to go to, your calling is about who you are first. So who are you? I've told you who I am. I've been very honest. I've been very brutally honest this morning. I've told you who I am. I, I, I'm a person that still has sin. I, I'm a person that still fails. But I'm a person that's striving to live Christ-like. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about our church, please go to www.fbclivingston.com. We'll see you soon.